The Week in Bible Prophecy, a Prophecy Watchers podcast. So, JB, here we are um, again in our new podcast. So I appreciate your time, and, and uh, we've done some TV programs, but we're starting this new podcast, which is great because uh, we really feel the the end is coming. I mean, in the sense of all these things are converging, which you write about in your book. We'll, we'll discuss that on another podcast. But let's talk about um, let's talk about the preacher rapture, but specifically this idea of the partial rapture. You know, you and I discussed that. You know, Dwight Pentecost wrote about this and things to come fifty some years ago. So it's nothing new, but for those. There, there's many that are getting caught up into the, in the idea of, hey, am I qualified to do what? What do I need to be doing in order? To, am I going to do? Do I need to do this or think this or view this in order to make the rapture? What is required? Well, first, give us a background for the partial rapture. What is it? And and then let's answer. Let's talk about it. Yeah. So all of the erroneous understandings of the timing of the rapture suffer from the same fatal flaw, and that is a failure to understand God's plan for Israel and God's plan for church. And when you miss that distinction, then you start coming up with all sorts of theories about when the rapture might happen. But the partial rapture view is essentially the view that the more spiritual you are, the more likely you are to get raptured earlier. And so when you reach a certain level of maturity and you know Christ-likeness, then, then you'll be raptured. But other people aren't quite qualified yet, so they're going to take a little longer. And they get that from a variety of passages that seem to talk about watch that do talk about mm-hmm. watchfulness and you know e- e- eagerly awaiting the return of the Lord and all that the 10 virgins is a big one that's used yeah mm-hmm. but so the problem with taking those that way is first of all they're not conditional it doesn't say if you're watching you will get raptured it just says those who are watching will get raptured well those who are not watching will get raptured too so for example in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 Paul actually explicitly sort of refutes this notion of the partial rapture, you know, long before it ever became a thing. Listen to what he says in 1 Thessalonians uh, 5. He says, um, You, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of the light not and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as other do, but let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night. Those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love and the helmet of hope, and as a helmet of hope of salvation. For God has not appointed us uh, to, uh, to wrath, but to obtain a salvation. And so the fact is, even those who are asleep, uh, meaning not watching, are going to be uh, caught up because he says whether you sleep or whether you are awake, you will be caught up. He, he's not talking about like laying my head down to sleep, is he? No, no. He, he, he uses he, this it's is a, a figurative language. Yeah, it's a different word for sleep than what he uses in chapter four when he talks about sleep as a euphemism for death. Yes. You know, not all you know those who have sleep in Christ, those who have died. Here, it's a different word, and he's talking here about just not paying attention, oh, not yeah. being watchful. So not only that, but we see the same watchfulness language that is sometimes applied to the rapture applied to the second coming. Yep, agreed. In the in the tribulation period, Israel is to be watchful. Yep. Look up, be watchful. Your redemption draws absolutely. Yeah, does yeah. that mean that if they're not watchful, that the second coming won't apply to some parts of Israel? No, of course not. It's it's a it's a global thing. When Christ comes back, He's going to separate the sheep from the goats. Israel is going to be regathered into the land, and the kingdom starts. So I just think they're they're missing the boat hermeneutically by you know misunderstanding these exhortations to watchfulness. You know, I think it, to me it also comes down to uh, potentially again hermeneutically misunderstanding soteriology, salvation. Because I guess you're a pastor, so here's my question to you: uh, the, every, on Sunday morning. 
whatever, you got 150 people there. Are you 100% sure that every single one of them are saved? Of course not, no. So we, you imagine Paul writing you a letter, you're the pastor of Thessalonian Church, you get up there, you read it, and just because that letter is, is given to a church doesn't automatically say that everybody that is in that church is saved. So my, my point being is that there's, al- there's always a mixture yeah. And, and I think Paul is writing about the true church, right? The theologians will talk about the, the visible church versus the invisible church. And we, we, we have those, the distinction, but Paul's writing about those who are truly saved from God. I mean, from God's perspective, that when the rapture happens, those that are truly in Christ from God's perspective. Otherwise, what's the standard? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, it's, it's not a condition any more than there are conditions attached to our mm-hmm. eternal salvation. The only condition is faith, right? So uh, there is one response. You have to accept the free gift. It's not forced upon you, right? right? Uh, you have, just as Adam and Eve had a choice to sin, we have a choice to receive God's remedy for sin. Uh, it's not automatic. Uh, when Christ died for the sins of the world, He died to make every person savable. He was a propitiation for our sins, not for ours only, but the sins of the whole world, 1 John 2, 2. But that doesn't mean that everybody's saved. That would be universalism, and yep. we know that you know the unbelievers will end up in hell. So you've got to believe it, and, and, the, and, and so that's the only condition. But the fact of the matter is, when it relates to the rapture, again, it goes back to what I stated at the beginning. If you're not understanding the distinction between the church, you're going to end up all over the map on your understanding of the rapture. But the condition for being included in the rapture is that you're part of the bride of Christ. You're not under the wrath of God. You're a child of God, not a child of wrath. Uh, that you know the church age is over. God's spotlight is shifting once again to Israel, off of the church. Israel becomes center stage. That's the reason the church is never mentioned in Revelation after chapter three. Uh, so you know the, this concept of merging the two, I think, is just is really foundational. That's why you get the mid-trib view, the yeah. post-trib view, and all these other uh, the multiple know, rapture the pre-wrath views. view. Yeah. Uh, so you might not uh, make this rapture, but you'll make the next one. You're like, right. well, where did that come yeah. from? But the partial rapture to me is the easiest one to, you know, to refute scripturally. Um, I mean, if you understand dispensational theology and, and, and the literal grammatical historical approach to scripture, they're all pretty clear. But the partial one is kind of an outlier. You just yeah. don't see very many proponents of that. And so the uh, speak for a moment in, in our remaining time here that someone who, who gets caught up into this, that, that the unnecessary burden and fear and anxiety that yeah. they might have. Yeah, I mean, how is it a blessed hope if you're always worrying, am I good enough? Am I watchful enough? Am I spiritually mature enough? What if I don't get rescued? Every passage on the rapture in the New Testament has a comforting exhortation. Even the one we just read, he goes on to say in verse 11 from 1 Thess 5, therefore comfort each other and edify one another just as you are doing. It's not very comforting if you have to meet some subjective standard that's clearly not spelled out in Scripture yeah. and wonder, am I really going to get raptured or maybe I got left behind? No, no, the, the rapture is a promise. It's a commitment. Jesus didn't qualify it when he told the disciples in the upper room, you know, I'm going to prepare a place for you that someday you will be where I am. He didn't put a little asterisk and say, at least most of you or some of you are eventually. It's, it's a one-time thing. Yeah, and at the heart... The challenging part, I think, is oftentimes we know from Matthew seven twenty one through twenty three that there are those that profess, mm-hmm. but Jesus said, "I never knew you." So, you know, I I don't I don't know. Again, people that are at Sunday morning at the church service, 
They might be professing to know God. I don't know anybody's heart. I, I can't, that's not my job. And so are there going to be those on that day that have professed and then Jesus said, I never knew you? Well, yeah, I mean, we, we see that. But at the end of the day, if what all I can do is worry about Mondo in the sense of, do I have faith in Jesus? Do I trust him for my salvation? For all of it to pay off for all of my sins, past, present, future. Amen. And Jesus promises if you do that, John 6, 47, Verily, verily, I say unto you, whoever believes in me has, present tense, yep. eternal life. Yep. And they're put in the body of Christ. Amen. That's yeah. good. Amen. Everything that we're doing at Prophecy Watchers is vital because Bible prophecy is coming to pass right before our eyes. And it has never been more important for believers to understand what the Bible says about the days that we are living in. In case you haven't noticed, the whole world is spinning out of control, but we are not surprised because many of the things taking place were prophesied in the Bible thousands of years ago. That's why we want to offer you a very special subscription to our magazine, The Prophecy Watcher, that will keep you on the cutting edge of Bible prophecy. Stay informed on prophetic world events. Follow the nuclear threats from Russia and Iran. China's march to world domination, the likelihood of another global pandemic, the rise of artificial intelligence and transhumanism, war in the Middle East, the UFO phenomenon, and the latest technology preparing the world for the mark of the beast. The Prophecy Watcher magazine features articles from leading prophecy experts like Gary Stearman, Mondo Gonzalez, Thomas Ice, Randall Price, L.A. Marzulli, Bill Salas, and many others. With your gift of $50 or more to support the worldwide outreach of Prophecy Watchers, you will receive 12 issues of the magazine in either print or digital format. You will also receive 10 bonus DVDs that feature in-depth teaching on the ancient book of Enoch, Heaven and the New Jerusalem, the biblical case for the rapture, a look at how God put the gospel in the stars, what really happened at the Tower of Babel, and Ezekiel's prophecy on the Battle of Gog and Magog. This special offer is available anywhere in the United States with free shipping included. Don't wait. Pick up the phone right now and call the toll-free number on your screen or visit us at prophecywatchers.tv. Stand with us today and help us take the message of Christ's soon return to the whole world.